0: Good afternoon. My name is Winsome Waite and I'm Senior Director of Policy to Practice here at the Alliance for Excellent Education. The Alliance is a national policy, practice and advocacy organization dedicated to ensuring that all students, particularly those who are traditionally underserved, graduate from high school ready for success in college, career, and citizenship. Today, we build on the webinar that we had back in September 2016, when we discussed the OECD's report called School Leadership for Learning, Insights from TALIS 2013. OECD's TALIS, the Teaching and Learning International Survey, is the only international survey that focuses on the learning environment and the working conditions of teachers in lower secondary schools. When it was given in 2013, over 100,000 teachers and school leaders from over 6,500 schools took part in the survey. They came from 34 countries and economies. For TALIS 2018, over 40 countries are planning to participate. The TALIS report looked at different approaches to school leadership. It includes the impact of school leadership on professional learning communities and on the learning environment in schools. For example, it showed that only two in three principals actively encourage collaboration among teachers in his or her school. It also showed that about the same proportion of principals stated that they actively ensure that teachers teachers take responsibility for improving their teaching skills or take responsibility for their students' learning. There is room for improvement, no doubt. And in 2013, the TALIS Report highlights some of these areas. For example, the report discusses three types of school leadership and the linkages between types of leaders and professional learning communities. They are distributed leadership, which promotes a greater sense of purpose in school, instructional leadership, which promotes a greater, greater levels of collaboration among teachers, and integrated leadership, which promotes strong professional learning among educators. The data showed that although a large number of principals demonstrated forms of integrated leadership, some school leaders mainly rely on instructional or distributed leadership. The Talis report also discussed issues pertaining to teacher and leader quality. The report suggests that an integrated leadership model seems most appropriate for developing professional learning communities. It stresses that principals have the means of improving teacher quality through actions such as fostering these very types of professional learning communities. The report also discusses policies to support leadership. These include requiring principals to participate in professional development, guiding principals and teachers in creating a culture of shared responsibility based on collaboration and support, freeing up hours of administrative work for principals in order to engage in teachers' work, or assigning a specific staff member to these tasks, opening up opportunities for the participation of teachers in school decisions, and supporting teachers in their professional development needs to boost their sense of self-efficacy. Today we will have a chance to hear about improvements from an assistant superintendent in one New Jersey school district, who, with her superintendent and their team, are making powerful changes for school leaders, teachers, and students. But before we get to the story of Aspera Park School District, a few details. Please join the conversation via Twitter using hashtag OECDTALIS. You can also ask questions using that hashtag or via the comment box below this video. Today's webinar will be archived at all 4 webinars. Lastly, thank you to the Kern Family Foundation for its support of the Alliance's work around the OECD's PISA and TALIS. Now, let me introduce our guest for today. Sancha Gray is the Assistant Superintendent of Curriculum and Instruction for the Asper Park School District in New Jersey. She's a seasoned educator with 17 years of professional service in the public school sector. In the course of these years, she has served as a teacher, a building level administrator, and an assistant superintendent. At Asper Park, she leads the comprehensive district literacy and math initiatives, coordinates the activities of the district's instructional supervisors, and provides guidance for the principals and vice principals. Sandra, it's great to have you with us today, and I'll turn it over to you for your presentation.
1: Thank you so much. Uh, Thank you, Alliance, for excellent education, for having me uh, this afternoon. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm so delighted to have the opportunity to talk to you about what we call the moral imperative, the need for leadership and the Asbury Park School District. Um, And so in order to lend some context to the presentation I want to just give you a little bit of background about where we started talk to you a little bit about our Superintendent of Schools Dr. Lamont Repolet. So Dr. Lamont Repolet as I stated is our Superintendent of Schools and he started uh, his career as a Superintendent in 2014 September to be exact. And so when we think about the Asbury Park School District, it's important to understand what and where we started. And so I want to draw your attention to the slide. In particular, uh, I've highlighted some bullets for you to reference. First, we had the highest per pupil expenditure in the state of New Jersey. At that time, Asbury Park, had a per pupil expenditure of $33,000, meaning $33,000 was allocated for students, each student in this school district. It was coupled with having a high per pupil expenditure rate, but also having the lowest graduation rate in the state of New Jersey. So we're talking about having less than half of our students graduating. 95% of our students received free and reduced lunch uh, we are still in that, in that range in terms of having um, economically disadvantaged students as defined by the government. And um, perpetual low student performance and student achievement, the perpetual low student achievement is not our term in the Asbury Park School District, but it is what the state has referred to, because we're talking about not one or two years of low performance, uh, student performance. We're talking about decades where students have consistently underperformed as it relates to standardized test scores. And so one would ask the question, well, what would be attributed to this perpetual low student performance and achievement? So a review and analysis of our data yielded that 75% of our students were reading below grade level. Um, Our board governance was an issue at the time. There was a revolving door of leadership at the central office. And so that translated into five superintendents in seven years. And uh, when I joined the Asbury Park School District at that time, I was the director of curriculum and instruction. And so they had had six of those individuals in the seven years. The internal controls were extremely poor. And so we were constantly being audited and we had corrective action plans uh, that were written. But because, again, there was this revolving door of leadership, there wasn't really anyone monitoring that process effectively. Because as a plan was written, someone else came in to kind of take over and, and lead the charge. Here are some examples of articles and press coverage for the Asbury Park School District. And what you'll note in these articles and what you'll see is that it references where the district was at that particular time. Again, this is what we inherited in the Asbury Park School District. So it specifically highlights and talks about um low test scores, uh, poor board governance in terms of not being able to have a meeting because a quorum of the board wasn't present. So in um, Asbury Park, we have nine board members. And so it's essential to have at least the majority present in order to do business. And one of the major areas of concern was around the lack of having enough board members present so that business could be conducted, so that bills could be paid, and the regular operations of the district could go on. Consequently, the Asbury Park School District was assigned what is referred to as a state monitor. That individual comes in um, to oversee the process and to ensure that the day-to-day operations of a district can function. And so the question has to be asked, at some point, if the 21st century, is, is education a 21st century civil rights issue? So if this is the case, if this is the overarching question that we're asking ourselves, is this a fundamental right for all people, then what are we doing to address that? This is, lends context to why the work that we are engaged in in the Asbury Park School District is so important. And so we talk about being the hard hat nation. So we use the term hard hat nation because it was born out of the thought leadership of our superintendent of schools, Dr. Lamont Repolet, at the time of his interview. When he interviewed for his position, he interviewed with a hard hat because he said the hard hat is a symbol of the hard work that we'll be engaged in in order to move the needle. Moving the needle, meaning the previous slide that I showed you around the, low, the perpetual low student performance and achievement, that low graduation rate. In order to do that, the hard hat reference means that we have to roll up our sleeves and get to work. And so in thinking about this civil rights issue, about education being just that, a civil rights issue, it leads us to what Wagner and Keegan refer to as the moral imperative. And so after a review of the data, over 75% of our students were reading below grade level. And sometimes in the conversation, when we use percentages, actual bodies, actual real hard numbers are lost. And so what is critically important is understanding that 833 students, actual individual bodies, in the Asbury Park School District, out of 1,126 students were reading below grade level. That means there were seven of those students that had no opportunity to achieve the reality of being college and career ready. And so Wagner and Keegan refer to the moral imperative as being The reality that an 18-year-old who does not have the skills to be college and career ready is effectively sentenced to a lifetime of marginal employment and second-class citizenry. And so thinking about our work from this lens, the hard-hat nation as we have dubbed ourselves in the Asbury Park School District, and we define the hard-hat nation as a dedicated group of individuals focused on building a brighter future. And so the hard hat nation understands that the moral imperative has to be the focus of the work that we're engaged in on a daily basis. It is unacceptable for 833 students. It's acceptable for one, but certainly it's acceptable, unacceptable for 833 out of 1,126 students to be reading below grade level. More importantly, when we think about their future and the motto in the Asbury Park School District is building a brighter future, which we define as hope and opportunity, we're looking at 833 students that will not have the hope and opportunity of having that brighter future. And so our guiding principles and what drives us is our mission statement because our mission statement becomes the North Star. Our superintendent often references it as our North Star. And it's, the, it's what guides us and becomes our moral compass in terms of the work that we need to be engaged in collectively. And that is um, to provide all students with a comprehensive and progressive education where everyone possesses the skills and character to succeed in a diverse, evolving, global society. So a lot of challenges that we were faced with, we inherited what some people might consider to be an unsurmountable task. But what made it very doable and where we were able to realize some gains stems from the strategic collaborative partnerships, leveraging our network. And so in so doing and in so... Uh, looking at our collaborative educational partnerships. At the time I was a director of curriculum and instruction and I realized it was an extremely heavy lift. Uh, There was, in addition to low student performance and achievement around literacy, our mathematics was extremely low in, in the same regard, if not lower than literacy. But all of the research shows that it's very important If you're going to tackle tasks and you want to be very strategic in your approach and in your focus, you should pick two to three. Consequently, through the development of the strategic plan, as uh, led by our superintendent of schools in cooperation and in conjunction with stakeholders from the community, our strategic plan clearly set the course for the work we were engaged in. And so a lot of what I will talk about as it relates to that strategic plan and our focus is from the curriculum and instruction standpoint. And so when we think about these collaborative educational partnerships and knowing who's in your network, it was key. And so I looked at the per pupil expenditure rate and how much money we had. And one of the things that became glaring was how did we get to this place? What are the programs that we have in place? What's the curricular that we're using to support our students in the district? And so employing a continuous improvement model, I assessed the programs and the curricula that we had in the district. And when you have a lot of money and you have poor internal controls, the opportunity to purchase Many programs and a lot of curricula is present. And so what I observed is that in the Asbury Park School District, we had every program that you could imagine. If it was designed to increase student performance and achievement, it was purchased. With the revolving door of leadership at the central office and the constant change, in particular, my department, there was poor oversight in terms of the programs that were implemented and their effectiveness. Consequently, program after program was purchased and brought in, and so there was minimal oversight with those programs. After assessing where we were, we created a plan of action in that, um, in that office, and the plan of action was to streamline our focus. And here we have outlined for you some of the collaborative educational partnerships that we're working with. And because of our focus shifting to literacy, we decided to go with research-based programs that have um, a proven track record for success. And so we adopted literacy intervention programs, as you'll see on this slide, as well as a focus on leadership. The superintendent was extremely thoughtful, and he often refers to his role and my role as the yin and yang. And so he oversees and is very thoughtful about the leadership and leadership strategies and supporting leadership at the building level, at the central office level, and in the classroom. I tend to focus more on the leadership piece, but as it relates to instruction. And so leveraging our network and forming those partnerships has been extremely important in that work. And so we are able to provide coaching from a leadership standpoint as well as an instructional standpoint and coaching around the programs that you see highlighted on the slide. So a lot of conversation is around, well, shouldn't all of the students get the same thing? And after assessing that, the data and looking at and creating the plan of action, and making the determination that the comprehensive district literacy initiative would be the focus around the work that the Asbury Park School District would initially engage in. We had to ask this question about equity and equality because it comes up often. Shouldn't all of the students get the same thing? And when you're looking at students that are reading two to sixth grade levels below, you have to ask yourself the question, Should it be equal or should we really focus more around ensuring that all students have what they need to be successful and to realize building a brighter future, which means as we define it, hope and opportunity. So how do we ensure that students are able to build their own brighter futures? Well, we create and put in systems and programs and supports that allow for students to receive what they need, not always having the same thing. And so I love the graphic of the young lady on the far right because it illustrates that everyone needs to see over the fence, but sometimes students need more scaffolds put in place to help them so that they can have a vision of what is across the horizon. And so what we have done in terms of the collaborative partnership is that we've put in Programs that support our students that are six, reading sixth grade levels below, programs that support our students that are reading one to two grade levels below, and programs that support our intellectually curious students that have the curiosity and can be stretched above um, where they may be presently performing by providing them with more enriching content. Another one of our initiatives in the Asbury Park School District is around the College and Career Readiness Institute. Going back to the moral imperative, when we think about really our goal in education and our desire to produce citizens that are able to be functioning in a society that requires literacy and numeracy, we have to think about it in its totality, and what are we specifically doing to address those needs? Do our students have those opportunities that they need to be successful in a college and career uh, setting? How do we prepare them in that way? And so one of the avenues that we're using in the Asbury Park School District is through our College and Career Readiness Institute. The College and Career Readiness Institute was a vision of our superintendent. And it was designed to support just that, producing college and career-ready students. And I often talk about flying a plane and gassing it. So while we're putting in the instructional supports for students through our comprehensive literacy initiative, we are also working on the soft skills that are needed to support career readiness, as well as college ready readiness. And so in this college and career readiness institute, students have an opportunity to engage in experiential experiences throughout the Asbury Park community. And so what we do is we look at the school and this not we look at the city of Asbury Park as a classroom, not just the school. We understand that learning must occur beyond the walls of the school the school building itself. And so through collaborative partnerships in the city, through the city council, through the chamber of commerce, we have an opportunity to provide our students, not with jobs, because our goal is not to run an employment agency, but the goal is to provide students with job shadowing opportunities, experiential learning opportunities, and really understand what is being required of them in various careers and so through the College and Career Readiness Institute students have the opportunity to shadow to internship and to really pick up real-life skills that can afford them and possibly give them a leg up in future employment opportunities. Another key piece in thinking about how we are supporting students is through our Power of 10, our dropout prevention program. We knew that our graduation rate was extremely low, one of the lowest in in the county, if not the state. And so being very thoughtful and putting systems in place across the district was the focus of our leadership in the Asbury Park School District. And through the Power of 10, students that were identified as being most at risk at each grade level received very intense personal, academic, and career counseling support. And all of those variables, the College and Career Readiness Institute, putting structures and systems in place to actually track and ensure that we were recording our students appropriately as they transferred in and out of the district, all of those variables led to a change and a shift in the culture. And that changing of the culture is really what led to this increased graduation rate. Sometimes people ask the question, well, what's the magic bullet? What was the secret behind it? There really isn't a secret behind it. It really had to do with ensuring that our internal controls were properly monitored, that we had systems in place and procedures in place that really tracked our students in terms of their movement, as well as putting comprehensive supports in place. And gradually, as you see on the bar graph, as our graduation rate increased, so did the culture in the district and the expectations around what we wanted students to do and be. It's not possible for us to do this work in isolation, which is why you'll often hear me speak of Hard Hat Nation. This is not my work, it's not representative of just the Office of Curriculum and Instruction. We're very fortunate to have uh, talented individuals throughout the district under the thought leadership of the superintendent. We have a director of student services, Dr. Christy Howard. We have a director of special services, Dr. Carolyn Morano, wonderful supervisors that are eager to support our children and extend these opportunities through the power of 10 to them and make sure that they have that rigorous piece that's been missing for our at-risk students. We also have a wonderful parent and community engagement component. Because we understand that building a brighter future in the Ashbury Park School District cannot be limited to the students in the classroom, but it must at all times include the whole family. And so our goal is to create a wraparound service. And so when we talk about the College and Career Readiness Institute and how we're supporting Uh, our high school students, we want to make sure that we're giving the same hope and opportunities to our parents through our parent and community engagement. And so what we have in the district is a parent center. The Dorothy McNish Parent Center is conveniently located in the heart of Asbury Park, where we service the majority of our students and where the majority of our families come from. And so we wanted to place it there so that they would have access. I shared with the superintendent my desire to to ensure that our comprehensive literacy initiative, which is pre-K to 12th grade, also included parent literacy, for which being fiscally responsible and working in concert with our business administrator, he took that um, concept, expanded it, and as a result, we um, re re renovated our parent center that had been dormant for over a decade in the community. And in that parent center now, when parents are um, when parents visit, they find quotes all around this all around the building that are inspiring, that are motivating. It's a warm, friendly atmosphere. It's equipped with uh, parent liaisons that are there to support them and their students. We have central registration, and we also offer a barrage of classes, some of which are listed on this PowerPoint, where the interviewing skills, well, if we're talking to students and teaching students about how to interview, we want to provide that opportunity for parents as well. And so our superintendent has made it a priority to ensure that the parent center is staffed, five days a week with individuals that are able to provide those soft skills that parents need as well as um, ensuring that we have literacy programs that parents can access for themselves. In many cases they are the same literacy programs that their students are using during the day. We have an annual parent conference, our parent institute. And so at our initial parent institute, we offered a simulation of the programs, which are blended learning programs that our students would be using during the school day. And when parents had an opportunity to sit and utilize the programs, they shared how much the programs would help them. And so as a result, those are in our parent center. We have a criminal record expungement program. The reality uh, is that in order to build a brighter future, we wanted to provide opportunities for everyone. And some, yes, some of our students and some of our uh, members in our community need those additional supports. And so we're not necessarily looking at being equal, but we are looking at being equitable. And a part of being equitable means we provide the supports in the Asbury Park School District that apply to and support everyone wherever you are in your whatever your place in life is we want to ensure that we have something there for you so our director of student services volunteers her time to ensure that uh, she can lend her time and her talent in terms of supporting any individuals that may benefit from an expungement program we have bilingual and ESL classes at the Parent Center and parents actually come in and they take courses twice a week, they sign up for those courses and they are in partnership with our a local community college, Brookdale Community College. And so this is just a sampling of what we're providing parents. We want to provide support to the whole family. And so all of these attribute and lead to building and creating a culture of high expectations for all. And so ensuring that we're educating and training and empowering everyone, all of the stakeholders in the Asbury Park School District are important. We have professional learning communities that are led and facilitated by teachers. A lot of that cultural shift has occurred because of the work that we have been engaged in as a hard hat nation, under the leadership of our building principals, who previously operated as building managers, and now through the intense coaching, leadership coaching, and instructional coaching have shifted and now function and operate as instructional leaders. They are driving a lot of the conversations at the building level to educate, to train, to empower, and to reward the teachers in their schools. Last year, we've engaged excuse me, this year, we have engaged in over 300 hours of professional development at the administrator and supervisory level. And um, that work has just yielded very positive gains in terms of not just moving the needle academically, but moving the needle culturally. As I stated, our first year, we were engaged in our comprehensive literacy initiative. And so this slide is, shows the data around our literacy interventions. What's extremely important is while we are supporting students in terms of on-grade level and accessing on-grade level content in literacy so that they are prepared for our standards-based assessment known as the PARC and can access on-grade level content, We also know that when you're two to sixth grade levels, scaffolds need to be put into place. This slide indicates the proficiency levels of our students in the interventions. So we see the growth and the movement of students and their Lexile scores and how they are performing in those literacy interventions. One of the things that is critically important And a focus of the work that we are engaged in in the asbury park school district is that we're always constantly assessing where we are creating a plan and then we execute it and then we go back we assess create and execute and our superintendent has dubbed that as our continuous improvement model and so in an effort to see and ensure that the supports that we're putting in place are actually working This slide represents our analysis of those interventions in literacy and the programs that are specifically designed to address students that are one to two two grade levels below in literacy, which are highlighted in the red. That's our Read 180 program. And then System 44, which indicates our students' um, proficiency levels in system 44 which is designed for our students that are two to six three to sixth grade levels below and so what you're seeing here is extreme growth in terms of the Lexile scores and movement in those categories so a lot of times people will say oh that's great that's wonderful we're so happy to see that your programs are working but we all know in public education that standardized test scores are really the true measure for what we are monitored on in terms of our effectiveness. And so on this slide, you will see that it supports, while we have a lot of work to do, by no means do I want to share or, or um, suggest that we have arrived. We have not arrived. There's a lot of work that we still need to be engaged in in the Asbury Park School District. When you're talking about perpetual low student performance and achievement, as defined by decades of low performance, it doesn't happen overnight. There's no magic bullet. But what is important is fidelity to programs, fidelity to your strategic plan. And so when we are assessing to see if our programs and supports are working, we measured it against the park. And so here we have a slide. At the time, uh, we had a conversation with an individual that worked in the Department of Education, Dr. Ehrlichson. And at the time, she reviewed our park data and asked questions. And her first question to me was around, what are you doing in levels one and two? And I asked her, I thought that was an interesting question, because typically, if you know anything about the park, Your focus is on levels four and five, because that is where students are meeting and exceeding. Level one are clearly your lowest performing students. And so in asking that question, I thought immediately about the interventions that we put into place. And so levels one and two of the park represent our students that are the lowest performing. Those would represent the students that fall into the two to six grade levels below. And why this was particularly interesting is because in her review of the data and in sharing her review and analysis of the data, she shared that we have significant movement of students out of level one into level two and asked the question, what did you do to ensure that? And while I will often mention the programs and the strategic collaborative partnerships that we have uh, through ICLE and HMH, I have to always state that those programs we know are research based, but it's not the programs. Those are just tools. It's the people. And so we have wonderfully dedicated educators in the Asbury Park School District. Again, we call them hard hat nation. And it's the teachers it's the actual boots on the ground it's the ancillary supports it's all of those individuals that find themselves attached to this work that have resulted and allowed us to experience the gains that we see here on the park score so if you look at the arrows you're probably saying well why are some of the arrows in yellow and with a box around them Those arrows indicate the areas where, in the Asbury Park School District, we outpaced the state's average in those indicators. And so, again, it's people, not programs that make the difference. And why, when we talk about creating this culture of high expectations for all, the uh, evidence and the data associated with our park scores lends credibility to the work that we've been engaged in. So in this particular school year, we have moved and expanded our district literacy initiative because we have seen so much growth um, in terms of the interventions. We have our kindergarten students for the first time in the Asbury Park School District ready to access on grade level content at the high school we are still focusing and providing intense supports for those students that need that additional literacy support and interventions at the high school level. They receive a block of that in addition to their core literacy. But we have also expanded at the high school to include our secondary literacy initiative, which is a focus on writing across all content areas. In addition, I mentioned that math is an issue, so we are moving into our we've moved into our comprehensive math initiative this year while maintaining and expanding our literacy initiative. I mentioned our parent university to you and the partnership that we have with Brookdale Community College in our GED and ESL classes. So, I've mentioned a lot about the interventions but we also want to ensure that we have programs and supports for students that are able and have access to on-grade level content. And so what we have there um, to support those students include our College Promise program where students will, uh, that maintain a 2.5 GPA average and they maintain that, they will be able to have an opportunity to attend Brookdale Community College. Uh, through a grant uh, from the community college there. And uh, they will be afforded the opportunity to go to Brookdale Community College free of charge. We also have the Dream Academy, the Dream Academy Scholars Program. Again, this is through a philanthropic donation where students are able to participate. The students that participate specifically in the Dream Academy Program will have the opportunity now to They are duly enrolled. So they are enrolled in college and high school, same time. And when they graduate the Asbury Park School District High School, they will have both a high school diploma and an associate's degree. We also have a literacy, um, a very innovative literacy program in collaboration with Lake House Music Academy, where we have the audio engineering and songwriting classes that support the work. And most of all, we have academies around careers at the high school. And our principal, Kathy Baumgartner, has done a wonderful job this year of opening the school year with a block party and just creating such excitement around the school with quotes, inspirational quotes, and things of that nature. And so in the December Education Week, they asked the question, what's the secret behind the nation's most rapidly improving schools? And so Asbury Park School District was highlighted, and in that highlight was referenced the 24% increase of our graduation rate, 68% of our students exceeding one year's growth, and 41% of our students exceeding two years' growth on our literacy programs. And so the leadership coaching the accountability systems that we've put in place in partnership with our strategic partners and with ICLE and HMH and building appropriate internal supports have really led to this cultural mind shift and turnaround.
0: Thank you so much Sancha for such insightful and informative information about your district leadership and and support for the and in relationship to the OECD's Talis report. and. I would like to follow up with a discussion and some questions related to the presentation but also to your work yes. as the assistant superintendent there in Asper Park. One of the recommendations of the report is around expectation for principal and leader professional development. How did your principals and other leaders react to that expectation and what would they say today about the benefits?
1: Well. Um we, the superintendent's model is go big or go home. And so he likes to do things huge. <laughs> he does things very large. And so there was a conference uh, that was out, an out-of-state conference, the model schools conference. And he thought it wise to take the entire central office administrative team as well as the building administrative team to a conference where they could learn the strategies and see and experience from current practitioners in the field what it meant to experience this cultural mind shift, what a fixed mindset looked like, and how to shift that mindset. And so 26 of us journeyed out uh, to a conference. And um, during that conference, we sat through a lot of workshops. But it was his thought leadership in between those conferences and works in be- in between those workshops and the the discourse and the team building and all of those variables that really changed the dynamics for administrators where we became much more collegial the central office didn't seem as seem like this imposing ivory tower to building leadership there's always an open door to his office to my office Lots of collaboration goes on there. And so each principal has their own coach. Um, I have a coach at the executive level. Uh, The superintendent and I both have coaches. Our building principals have coaches. Our teachers have coaches. Everyone is being coached. Fabulous. Thank you so much. And
0: another recommendation of the TALIS Report has to do with involving teachers in school-level decision making. Is there a way you could expound or discuss whether or
1: not you have uh, had any of that uh, strategies around? So as our principals have been growing their own learning around leadership, um, we have developed instructional leadership teams in the Asbury Park School District. And the principals have been coached. And now they are leading those instructional leadership teams themselves. And in the leading of those instructional leadership teams, what's kind of been born out of it is a trust, a culture of trust, where they have their learning which individuals can handle specific tasks and they're able to distribute that leadership in a way that's very thoughtful. So now it's not the sole responsibility of the principal to ensure that the work is being done, but now uh, teacher leaders have been empowered to do that work. Um, In addition to our instructional leadership teams I personally run focus groups at the central office, Um, and my colleagues in the district also at the central office run focus groups. And what I mean by focus groups is that I bring teachers in to meet with me, independent of the instructional leadership team, independent of the principals, so I have teachers that come to me and I ask them questions about the programs that we have in place, the supports that we have, very frank, candid conversations, what are we doing well, what can we do better? and I meet with them. I meet with the union monthly to find out and just check in periodically. What are we doing? What can we do better? They set the agenda. I don't see it in advance. They set the agenda. They bring whomever they desire and then we address whatever those questions or concerns are as they arise. But it's very collegial, very collaborative, and it's all focused around building a brighter future. Our students.
0: Fabulous,
1: thank you. There
0: were so many issues that you faced when you started this journey in Aspire Park, but you chose to focus on literacy. Yes. And I think the audience really understands why that might be the case. Uh, but would you expound a bit on uh, why you chose literacy? But more importantly, how did you support teachers and other leaders in really honing in on literacy strategies?
1: Well, we invited the teachers into the conversation, um, providing them with their own coaching and ensuring that while we are implementing the programs to fidelity, that it's a true coaching model, so that it's not evaluative. The superintendent was very thoughtful when. We initially rolled it out because he wanted it to be a teaching opportunity. He wanted the teachers to have this learning, this new learning opportunity. And so comprehensive supports were dispatched and learning time was provided, much like we would do for students. We did; He did the same for our instructional staff as well. And so because of that, the dis-ease that might have been associated with not performing or not meeting the mark wasn't an issue. People were more focused around doing a good job. That's great.
0: There's a viewer from San Ramon, California. And the question is, how many ling- English language learners are in your district? Mm-hmm. And how were they included in this culture shift? What was done in the classroom and beyond to accommodate your English language learners?
1: So uh, when I think about our English language learners, I was, we're approximately 9%, I would say, uh, are represented in the Asbury Park School District. Although it's a burgeoning number as it is across this country, um, we're all finding ourselves with more L's. But specifically, thinking about creating equitable situations means that while we think about subgroups, We're also thinking about how we support students as a whole. And so the programs that we've implemented in the Asbury Park School District are Lexile-based. So students are ability grouped. So we have special education students as well as English learners all in the same class sitting side by side because at the end of the day, they all need the same supports around that early literacy acquisition. We have an addition uh, bilingual program, of course, um, and we've also implemented an additional program in the district that specifically hones in on those phonemic skills that English learners need, but we don't look at them as separate and apart. They are incorporated in the fabric of everything that we're doing. Mm-hmm. Wonderful.
0: So from your state of New Jersey, yes, Baruti asks... How do you raise the expectations of the teachers who display apathy?
1: <laughs> and I just want to say um, hello. I believe that's Principal Kafele. That's a very unique first name. So thank you so much for your question, sir. Um, when we think about apathy, as the, as the question states, um, kind of shift that in terms of how we incentivize and reward uh, individuals in the Asbury Park School District, and so one of the things that is very unique about the leadership, and now uh, at this particular point, I'm going to shift a little bit away from Hard Hat Nation and speak specifically about the Superintendent of Schools in terms of the overarching coach. So we have, you know, ancillary coaches, but he's he's the superintendent. He's the coach. He's rah rah. <laughs> And he's also the person that makes ultimately all of the decisions, correct? Mm -hmm. So what he's been very thoughtful about is rewarding and incentivizing everyone in the district for doing a good job. When you're building a brighter future, it's acknowledged in many ways. So the custodian in the school district is looked upon as playing just as significant a role as the secretary, as the classroom teacher, as the building principal, as the assistant superintendent. So one of the incentives and rewards we have is a golden bucket. Mm-hmm. And so monthly, the head custodians get an opportunity to spend hours with the superintendent. They tour each school, rate the schools. At the end of the year, the cleanest school receives a golden bucket award. And you can't imagine the joy <laughs> that people display when their school is the recipient of this golden bucket. And so for some people, they say, wow, really? Like, they're custodians. We don't even call them custodians. They're referred to as custodial engineers because we understand each piece of what happens in the school district is equally important. And when people are valued, and this is one of the things that Uh, Many people will say to you in the district, crossing guards, security uh, secretaries, we know their names. We speak to them. They are a part of focus groups. We ask them for their input constantly. I'm wearing a hard hat pin. And so we actually have a pinning ceremony in the Asbury Park School District. And so individuals that go above and beyond, those are those individuals that are dedicated to building a brighter future. We have a pinning ceremony, and they receive a hard hat pin. And as a result of that, you have to have done serious work to get it. We just don't give them out like candy. And when people see this hard hat pin, some of them actually cry. The superintendent or I will go into the classroom in front of the students, in front of their peers, if they're in a faculty meeting or a PLC meeting, actually pin them and announce the, what they've done. Mm. And so it just really has changed the sh- and shifted the, the mindset of individuals. That's
0: wonderful! What a great example of the results you get when you engage everyone. Yeah. You motivate them yes. and you incentivize them. Yes. Thank you so much. That's a wonderful example and congratulations again. To the kinds of wonderful work you and your superintendent and leadership teams are doing there. Yes, thank you. There is another question, and again from New Jersey. It's from Trenton. Okay. This one is usually on all our minds. Okay. Uh, It's about funding. Okay. And the question says, outside of the school district's annual budget, Mm -hmm. what are the types of funds, any other types of funds you had acquired, uh, in order to improve graduation rate, maintain staff, and to ensure that you reduce the dropout rate?
1: So, you know, we do, we we view all of those variables from a very holistic approach. And so we are very fortunate to have secured the 21st Century After School grant. And through that grant, we have been able to increase the innovative programming that we're able to offer in the Asbury Park School District. Um, And so... The after-school program provides us with an extra safety net and wraparound supports after school uh, up until 6 p.m., Mm -hmm. where students have an opportunity to engage in instruction that looks very different than the school day. For example, we have our global ambassadors program where students think locally, think globally and act locally, and they are engaged in uh, very local community service-based activities, and um, it's through the grant opportunity of that 21st century program that we are able to provide. That's just an example of one of the things that we're doing, But and that's a very key and significant grant that we've received to move that work forward.
0: Great, thank you. You mentioned the word equity. Yes. Moral imperative. Yes. uh, And spoke quite a bit about the supports for leaders and teachers. How do you maintain that emphasis on the moral imperative and equity as you continue to develop the capacity of your leaders and your teachers with so many other issues around mm-hmm. uh, what are
1: those strategies that you use Well it kind of I would go back to our mission statement and why we do the work that we do every day um, and that makes it an easy lift because our building administrators, our principals are very clear about why we're doing the work that we're doing. They understand the moral imperative. And we have regular vertical articulation meetings so that the early childhood program understands how and what their role is in developing college and career ready students. So yes, you're dealing with three and four year olds, but you have a responsibility. At the elementary level, our elementary principals have programs that really support students understanding college and careers they have college day they have career days they bring in all of these supports and mentoring programs so that everyone understands their role and how we're doing that and it's because of that cultural mind shift where we've moved from this fixed mindset of let's just pass the test for the sake of passing the test to be compliant into what are those other pieces that we need and when you have leadership that supports those risk taking opportunities, and then puts the fiscal responsibility where it needs to go instead of all over the place, but being very thoughtful and strategic, this is really what has allowed the principals to buy into it. We don't have to say, guys, you have to create equitable situations. Mm-hmm. They're coming to us saying, I had this idea. Our high school principal constantly comes to us. I had this idea about how I want to change a fashion show, for example. And she was the moderator of the fashion show. I mean, Kathy Baumgarner, I believe, spends so much time at the high school, we often wonder when she's at home. <laughs> but that's just one example of um, one of our building principals who gets the concept. They all get the concept. But I know our focus um, here is primarily around the high school Fabulous. and the work at the high school.
0: We are running out of time. For oh. Just about a minute or so. Okay. Are there any final thoughts before we close?
1: Well, I really want to thank the Alliance for excellent education and uh, in inviting us and giving us an opportunity. As a hard hat nation, I do not operate in isolation. Um, clearly, in order for this work to have gone forward. I needed a dedicated group of individuals and a wonderfully visionary and thoughtful leader Mm -hmm. to make it all happen. So I am so thankful that you gave us a platform and an opportunity to share our story. And I encourage you to follow us in the Asbury Park School District um, at Asbury Park Schools because more great things are on the horizon and you will see and hear more from our building principals in that regard.
0: Thank you, Sancha, and thank you for your great leadership. Thank you. Yes, very. Well, we are at the end of our time this afternoon, and I want to thank you again, Sancha, for uh, the work you're doing there in Asper Park Schools in New Jersey and for taking the time to be with us this afternoon. It was really great to have you here and to tell the story that's going on there. Please keep in mind that today's event will be archived on all 4 webinars. And once again, we we want to thank the Kern Family Foundation for its generous support of the Alliance's work around all things OECD, such as the PISA and TALIS. I'm Winsome Waite for the Alliance for Excellent Education. Thank you for joining us today.